Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Coming up on today's show, The Last of Us Part 3 has been teased. Is an Elden Ring mobile game in development? And are Xbox first-party games going multi-platform? So much to discuss. What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Rihanna Manuel Pena. Mama, it's good to see you. Oh, it's good to see you too, Mama. I'm back and uh, really excited for all of the changes coming to What's Good. I was so excited to see the announcements on last week's show, so welcome back, and I'm sure everybody's been celebrating, so really excited to get back into it. Oh, thank you, and thank you so much to everybody who gave us love in the comments and online when we came back from the break last week. It was so nice to see all that positivity. It really meant a lot. So thanks for all the support. And I'm so glad that you're back on the show. Wow, what a couple of months you have had. (laughs) How is life with new baby? How is things kind of getting back to normal? I mean, is there normal? No, there's not normal anymore. (laughs) But how are you? How are things? I'm great. Baby's awesome. Our little girl, Violet Yvonne, has been so kind to us. She actually sleeps through most of the night now, and we're able to get things done during the day, my husband, Danny Pena, and I. And it's just been a love like no other. And I mean, you know, you're a mom, and we have a lot of listeners out there who have been blessed with children, and it's just an entirely indescribable experience having a kid. And I'm I'm just so much more excited about the world and like everything I get to do now. You know, I get this little person to to share in the journey with me and to inspire me and, and to motivate me even more than I had been before. So it's the best experience of my life. Oh, I love that. I love that for you. That's that's wonderful. And we're obviously so happy and you got a lot of well wishes from our community. And we're glad that you're going to be joining us periodically on the show. Very excited about that. And we have so much stuff to get into this oh, week. Yeah. I mean, I could probably just do a whole podcast talking to you about like what you did for the last three months, but we'll have to catch up on all that later because today, everybody, there's a bazillion news stories to get to. But before I do that, I want to thank this month's Patreon producers, Board Ape Gamers Club, Ferris Atia, Joshua Franklin, Justin Foshi, and Punctified. And welcome to our Patreon community, Multi Sweetness, Alexa Sierra, Daniel, Alex Kinov, Kukov, Kinov, Alex, I'm definitely like messing that up. Sorry, um, Alex. And Sean Garmer. <laughs> thank you for supporting our work in video games and being part of our awesome membership where you can get the show ad free. As I mentioned last week, details about new membership coming very soon in the works, everybody. So stay tuned for that. But I'm going to go ahead and jump right into our first story which is really 
really more speculation than anything else. There were rumblings all over the internet about Xbox and if their tentpole first-party games from the suite of studios that they bought over the last couple of years are going to remain Xbox exclusive. And I believe I had a, a bet with your husband about this. So that I might need ask, to be updated on yeah, his part. Was there a term limit on that yes. bet? Yes, I mean, there was. And I'm going to go back uh, and get the exact verbiage because I said forever. Uh-huh. Okay. So if that changes, best know I'm going to come collect. Anyway, <laughs> let me actually get into the news, everybody. So the first thing I want to mention is that Phil Spencer heard the rumblings after a story from The Verge got picked up by a lot of different people around the video games industry this week. So before I get to Phil Spencer's response that he wrote on his ex or Twitter account, are we calling it the app formerly known as Twitter? Is that like the appropriate way I'm supposed to say it? I just don't say Twitter. Because saying X feels weird, right? Yeah, I know it's changed. I don't care. I'm not going to look up the AP style guide for that. I've heard like proper news call it the app formerly known as Twitter. Um, but the story on The Verge is where we're going to begin, everybody. So they wrote an article that was titled Microsoft Ways Launching Indiana Jones on the PS5. So we got a nice, good, deep dive gameplay look at Indiana Jones and the Great Circle, the new game coming from Machine Games and Bethesda in the Xbox Developer Direct that happened last month. And I think the game looks awesome. Very excited about it. Didn't think that that game was going to go multi-platform after what Microsoft and Bethesda both said about Starfield last year. But now there's a report that maybe they're changing their mind about it, everybody. So The Verge reports that while Bethesda will launch its Indiana Jones game first as an Xbox console exclusive, it's currently set to have a rather short period of exclusivity, according to their sources. A release on the PS5 is being considered months later with Bethesda tentatively targeting a December 2024 launch for the Xbox and PC versions. Now, the exact timing and platform availability for Indiana Jones and the Great Circle could change, particularly as Microsoft's new multi-platform approach for Xbox games hasn't been finalized. Microsoft, according to The Verge's sources, has been evaluating bringing certain Xbox exclusives to PS5 and Nintendo Switch in recent months. Sea of Thieves and Hi-Fi Rush have both been reportedly under cross-platform consideration, and they understand that Microsoft has also looked into bringing additional Xbox games to their rival consoles. So this is interesting. Mm. I always maintained that I thought it would be smart for Xbox as a game publisher to bring games that are multiplayer in particular to as many platforms as possible to expand those audiences. But then, you know, last year they made a big whoop to do about like our games are Xbox exclusive. And I was like, all right, listen, that's your prerogative. I feel like it makes better sense to business-wise publish them. But, you know, if you're trying to sell hardware, you know, yeah. that's what you got to do. But now it seems like it's changing. What do you think about this news, Rihanna? It makes sense, right? Like, Xbox is part of Microsoft, and Microsoft is a software company first. They, of course, make hardware, but, you know, we just had comments recently from Satya Nadella about pulling out of Windows Phone. They, of course, have their Windows machines. I have a Surface laptop, but what they focus on is selling software, and they are famous for putting that software absolutely everywhere you could possibly use it. It's even on cell phones, right? They play with Google, they play with Apple, they play with Sony, they play with Nintendo when they can. Like they're pretty agnostic when it comes to how can we give you something that is, you know, digital and get money from you, right? Like hardware sales are hard. 
almost every console is sold at a loss when it's launched. It's not the place where they make the most money. It's just never going to be that for Xbox specifically. Maybe other companies can pull it off, but they haven't. And that's why we're seeing them go into this cloud venture. Like they have the backing of Azure. They have the ability to make things super, super accessible and portable through their cloud services. So that's where they're leaning. And they've told us this much for a couple years now. So it's interesting and very surprising to me when people react this way, seeing that their games are going to be on other platforms, like I wasn't part of the bet, but it just makes sense. It's like <laughs> how not. the company does their thing. Like it's their MO. And, but it means that we'll get more games. The more money they make, the more they can put back into developers, the more they can publish on additional experiences and the more we get to play. So for me, I'm not super attached to the actual hardware that I play on. I play on every piece of hardware. So I find that to be beneficial. I understand for people who think if Xbox isn't making exclusives that it means they will get fewer games, they would feel upset or worried about that. But it's just not the future that I see happening. I mean, ditto to everything you've said. I mean, I think it's been clear for a while now that this idea of the console wars is disappearing and it's very much a generational thing for people who didn't have the ability to play and work. Things like cross-progression and, and cross-platform play just didn't exist. Yeah. So I think that it makes sense. Obviously, they already own multiple titles that are cross-platform. I repeatedly point to Minecraft yep. as a title that has been incredibly successful cross-platform. And we also now can point to games like Call of Duty. That game is not going console exclusive, or at least they you know, told the government of the world that <laughs> we have, don't worry, we'll keep it you know, multi-platform. Please don't not approve our giant merger that we want. And so I think, you know, for a lot of reasons, it makes sense for them to go multi-platform, but we don't have an official response until Phil Spencer wrote, <laughs> we're listening. We hear you. We've been planning a business update event for next week, where we look forward to sharing more details with you about our vision for the future of Xbox. Stay tuned. Well, oh. well, well, looks <laughs> like we're going to have an announcement next week. So hopefully he'll just come out and say, yeah, we want everybody to enjoy our games. And so we look forward to publishing these games on these platforms. I think it always made sense for them to do limited timed exclusivity for their big first party games, mm -hmm. but to not keep them console exclusive forever. So, right. And Sony's following the same say. playbook right now. I mean, we're seeing, you know, Spider-Man's coming up on PC and maybe eventually you'll see it on other platforms too. Like, it's just the way people make money now. It's all digital. <laughs> I know it sucks and we want to keep our discs forever and be able to plug it in and play it 10 years from now. But that's just not the way technology has moved. Like, consumers have consistently shown that they will pay and show preference for convenience and yeah, we're just not going to have cartridges for our Xboxes into the future. It's unfortunately not in the cards for us. Nope, that is for sure. Well, listen, we could keep going on and on speculating about this, but let's just wait and see what Phil says next week. I want to mention something from the other side, from PlayStation in our lead stories for the week, because I'm particularly excited about this. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth has a surprise demo. So they had a individual state of play that happened earlier this week, and whoopsies, the PlayStation Store accidentally leaked that there's a demo attached to it. So that was 
a little bit of a bummer, I think, for the team at Square, who was probably planning hmm. some big announcement or rollout about that. But this game looks incredible. I really loved Final Fantasy VII Remake, and both Brittany and I are eager to play Rebirth and to talk about it on the show when it comes out at the end of the month. Square Enix announced that it's planning to release an update that will allow you to explore part of the Junon region before the release of the full game on February 29th. That's what they wrote on the PlayStation blog post. So allegedly, it's out now. So as of recording the podcast, the demo was not available yet for me to download. But hopefully by the time the podcast publishes at the end of the week, you guys are going to get to play. And if not, at least you know a demo is coming. So if you were on the fence about trying this game out, you can check it out then. But absolutely loved Remake. Very excited about Rebirth. I don't remember how much we talked about Final Fantasy, you and I. I mean, we both played it. It was my first Final Fantasy game remake, that is. So I know we had similar experiences that way. It, you know, being like, what is this world? What is this lore? Who are these people? So I am really excited for Rebirth. This is the first sequel for me. So I'm really excited to play it. And it looks absolutely incredible. And I know you already talked about the state of play last week, but what we saw there was absolutely wonderful. And it was just a small snippet. But even compared to other games in a similar genre, it just stands out as the highest bar for quality. And so I don't know why anyone wouldn't play it at this point, honestly. Yeah, I'm with you that it wasn't my technically my first Final Fantasy game, but it was the first Final Fantasy game that I've played all the way through. Right. And definitely the one that I enjoyed the most. I just was not expecting to like this game as much as I did. And this is a testament to the incredible work that the team at Square Enix did with the remake of it and keeping the essence of what the game was, but also adding in a lot of really incredible combat mechanics and gameplay design elements to bring people like me in who missed it the first time around to say like, hey, that wasn't really my style of game that I really like was into. But this, this is, this is real, real cool. Oh yeah. Very excited to check the demo out. So I wanted to let everybody know if you missed that news, and you want to check it out, head on over to the PlayStation Store and see if you can download it now. And if not, hopefully it'll be available sometime very soon, clearly before the end of the month. And that leads us to our first quick break of the show. When we come back, I've got a bunch of headlines to run through. Stick with us. We'll see you in a minute. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's get into some headlines this week, everybody. Starting with The Last of Us Part 3 concept has been teased by creator Neil Druckmann. At the end of the documentary Grounded 2, Making The Last of Us Part 2, Vice President at Naughty Dog and the game's director and co-writer Druckmann revealed that he has a concept in mind that could turn into the next installment of the award-winning franchise. In the documentary, Druckmann said, I don't have a story, but I do have that concept that to me is exciting as one, as exciting as two is its own thing, yet has this through line for all three. So it does feel like there's probably one more chapter to this story. 
So that quote is chopped up a little bit. The full quote is available in the Grounded 2 documentary, which I want to point out. But the documentary was released in the wake, of course, of The Last of Us Part Two Remastered's launch and features an in-depth look at the development process of the game. Druckmann notes in an interview that he has a concept for Tommy's story as well, a key character in Tilu 2 and brother to Joel, the original game's lead character, of course. And while Druckmann said he doesn't know when or how Tommy's story will be told, maybe television series? Just, just saying. He did thank the team at Naughty Dog for giving him space to explore game concepts that aren't The Last of Us. But with The Last of Us HBO television series winning multiple Emmys and season two production underway, returning to the franchise seems like a winning strategy, doesn't it, guys? But until T-Loo Part 3 is officially announced, fans can keep an eye on series casting news like Catherine O'Hara joining season two, which is very exciting, in an unnamed mystery character. Mm. HBO is targeting 2025 as its expected release window for that season, which is a bummer that we have to wait that long. But you know what? If it's as good a season one... We shall wait. What do you think about this? I, I thought for great. sure that they were like done. But now he's like, eh? <laughs> eh? I mean, he's probably riding high off of the reception, right? Like at this point, they've won awards and so many different award shows, that is. And the, there's such a high that everybody's riding on. Like the cast seems really happy. It seems like it was a good set experience. So, of course, you know, you want to return to a project that you had a lot of fun on. And I think it's great that they're exploring other ways of telling this story. Like, as you said, maybe another television series or something even like out of the blue, like a comic series. Like, who knows? And I think it would be really cool to see more different types of media in The Last of Us world. I had a really tough time playing through the games because it was just so dreadful and very effective in making you feel the way the author clearly wants you to. But I do enjoy the storytelling and it's really compelling and I loved the television show. So maybe there's other things that we could be surprised by, who knows? I would love that, to be surprised. Yeah. But if it's more of Naughty Dog's incredible storytelling, sign me up, yeah. I'm in. It's good. good. And this is probably a good time for me to tease that I am part of an upcoming series on PlayStation called The Last of Us Part Two Game Nights. A little promo was released for that this week. More to say on that coming soon. All right, mm. next up, Elden Ring mobile game reportedly in development, Rihanna. Yeah, so Tencent has been working to adapt claimed action role-playing console game Elden Ring into a mobile version, three people familiar with the matter said, as the company searches for a new hit to refresh its aging stock of games. The world's largest gaming company by revenue acquired the licensing right for the game by From Software in 2022 and set up a team of a few dozen people to work on a prototype. The same year, it bought a 16% stake in the Japanese game maker that people said. But progress has been slow, they added. Tencent did not disclose its plans to develop a mobile version of the game at the time. Elden Ring was co-developed by Game of Thrones author George R.R. Martin and veteran game designer Hidetaka Miyazaki. Yeah, got it. <laughs> and is an action game where one battles mythical monsters in a fantasy world. If you haven't heard of it, like, you know, we've been living <laughs> under a rock. <laughs> And the game was released in 2022, as we said. So for $60, sold about 20 million copies in its first year. So that clearly made it the world's second best-selling game for the year. I think it's interesting that they're going lower fidelity in mobile. Like, inevitably, it has to be a little bit less powerful. Because, I mean, like, one of the things that people really applauded about the game is how beautiful it was, right? How seamless it ran when it ran. And also, like, just how immersive that world is. And if you're holding it in your hands, it can't possibly give you that same experience. So I wonder how 
this adaptation is going to actually come off. There's a, a lot of things at work here. First, I want to make note of a tweet that I made a week ago, maybe two weeks ago now, about Tencent and the comments that the chairman of Tencent Holdings, the parent company, made about their stance on the gaming industry. Tencent is the largest gaming company in the world. Mm -hmm. They have stakes in several publishers and several developers and have been making moves to acquire developers as well. So they are massive and have fingers in a lot of different pots in regards <laughs> to development. But still, their chairman is disappointed that they're not doing more and they're not as competitive with their competition, which I have to assume is just people like Microsoft, Apple, and Nintendo, of course, and Sony. Yeah. So I thought that that was mind-boggling, that their chairman doesn't think that they're doing enough. So that's part of it. Tencent, being a Chinese company, knows the power of mobile. Mobile is the largest platform in the world. More people are playing on mobile than any other platform. And people play console and mobile and PC and mobile together. So that means, yes, anything big is going to probably come to mobile because that's another way to make money on it. And Tencent's chairman also said that they are looking for ways to maximize profitability, and mobile is a fantastic way to do that. I think that this is fundamentally against the philosophy of the game development that From Software as a developer did on Elden mm. Ring. And its fans probably think and feel the same way, but when you sell the licensing rights to your thing that you love, to somebody to make money so that you can have some investment into your studio so you can do other things. That's just part of the gig. That's called business, everybody. I think nobody needs to worry about this taking away from the game that Elden Ring is and will continue to be in its original release. You can completely skip whatever Elden Ring mobile game comes out and go about your life and remember the good times that you had <laughs> dying over and over again in the original Elden Ring and <sighs> have to be none the wiser. But it's clear to me that this was always going to be in the cards when the Tencent deal was announced. Because if you want to make real good money on an IP, yeah, bring it to mobile. That's just yeah. the way game development is now. Maybe it'll be like a totally different, like it's a card collection game. <laughs> the real like kind of head scratcher from some of the commentary that I've seen is that Tencent has referred to its competition, one of those companies being NetEase, mm. and some of the kind of gosha style games they're making, and also huge games like Genshin Impact and how profitable that game has been. It's like, well, would Elden Ring really work as that type of a game? Probably not, but I'm sure somebody would think of a funny way to, to integrate it. But essentially, they're looking for something that can continue to monetize, right? So this, is, again, is just an early report. But to me, all business signs point to why would this not happen? But yeah. exactly what that game's going to look like, time will tell. Moving on with our headlines, last weekend was the 66th annual Grammy Awards, and while Taylor Swift broke records and Killer Mike got arrested, video games also had their moment in the spotlight. According to the EA Star Wars account on the app formerly known as Twitter, I feel like that's what I'm going to have to say now, <laughs> the force is strong at the Grammys. Composers Stephen Barton and Gordy Hobb won Best Score Soundtrack for Video Games and Other Interactive Media for their Star Wars Jedi Survivor Score, besting out category favorites like Bear McCreary and Austin Wintory. The category was just introduced last year, but video games have been featured in various categories in previous years. Other nominees include composers from Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, Hogwarts Legacy, God of War Ragnarok, and Stray Gods, the role-playing musical. Congrats uh, to the congrats. team. 
You earned it. Survivor. That game was wonderful. Mm -hmm. If you missed it, you should play it. It's real fun. I guess take a shot, everybody. We're talking about a game that was made (laughs) by the Walt Disney Company. Well, not made by Walt Disney. It was made by Respawn and Electronic Arts in partnership with Lucasfilm Games and the Walt Disney Company. There. Are you happy, honey? I did the spiel. <laughs> well done. And well done to the Grammys. I got to say, I know John Drake, our name producer, already tweeted about this on the platform formerly known as Twitter, that it was one of the best award shows in a long time. And I got to agree. It was like wall to wall, solid entertainment. Like there were moments of triumph. Like there were lots of funny asides. Trevor Noah did a fantastic job hosting and managed to make a Taylor Swift joke that didn't offend half the people in the room. Apparently it's possible, but it was so, so, so entertaining. And I'm like just even more in love with Miley Cyrus after her performance because she just had the best energy ever. And the production value is not to be overlooked. Just incredible directing, incredible audio design, incredible set design. It just felt so seamless. And making a show with as many moving parts like the Grammys go that flawless is a feat, especially when it was torrential downpour in Los Angeles because we were in the heart of the atmospheric river event that was happening. It was like the worst part of the rainfall happened Sunday night when the Grammys were live. And we saw at the beginning of the show, several celebrities walking in late because they got delayed because of traffic and the rain. And I just thought it was really impressive how well the show went. Really fun, great performances. Overall, 10 out of 10. Would watch again. My gosh. Like Tracy Chapman, Miley, like shout out to you two, especially. Those moments really, really got me. Joni Mitchell? Oh, I mean, I cried during that Joni Mitchell performance. It was incredible. Oh, and the shade from Jay-Z. Ooh, juicy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. His acceptance speech. Yes. Mm. My gosh. It was great. If you missed it, I don't know where you watch it again. I guess it it would be wherever the VOD is for it, whichever streaming platform it is. It's one of those things. Okay. A couple more quick headlines to get to. Yes. This next one I'm excited about because it's good news for me. So Alan Wake 2 is adding a new feature to make horror slightly less horrifying. Yay. So in the latest 1.15 update for the survival horror adventure from Remedy Entertainment, the developers added a feature that allows players to turn down the effects of the game's notorious jump scares. Hooray. Jump scares, of course, were popularized in the early 2000s as a way to troll players and feature disturbing images and sounds mixed into the regular gameplay. And in Alan Wake 2, jump scares are in abundance, with most featuring the game's main big bad, Mr. Scratch. The new feature has toggles to adjust visual and audio intensity from normal to low. I'll be getting low. The low setting removes some of the flashing lights and lowers the music volume considerably. And turning down the jump scares won't make Alan Wake 2 not a horror game, but it just might be enough for some players to give the game a try now, like me. And other notable updates include a chapter selection menu, which means you can play one of the greatest video game levels of all time over and over again. Yes, we sing. I'm looking at you. I editorialized that just a little bit there. Oh, yeah. God, it's so good. But Brittany and I talked about that on the show last week, too, about how that chapter is just so phenomenal. Iconic. It'll be on every list of, like, iconic game levels for the rest of time. Yeah, just magnificent. So (sighs) when I saw this, I just wanted to add it. In case there are people like Rihanna that heard a lot of us in the industry talk about how much we loved Alan Wake 2, but we're like, no thanks, jump scares suck. Don't like those. 
now you can turn them down. And I haven't personally tested the update, but from the people that I've read that have, they say that it's a clear, noticeable difference. Mm-hmm. It does make them a little bit more jarring from an animation standpoint, but I guess there has to be a trade-off when you're turning down some of the visual effects that were originally created to be seamless for the game. Yeah. No, I'll take it. I'll take jarring over terror. <laughs> yeah. I think most people would, actually. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely how that works. And another game update from a phenomenal game from last year that I loved, Insomnia Games announced on the app formerly known as Twitter that they are putting out a title update for Marvel's Spider-Man 2 on PS5 next month, and it is adding highly requested features like New Game Plus, New Suits, and more. Watch their social media for a complete list of features closer to release. So if folks have been waiting to get into Spider-Man or maybe you want to go back and finish off some of the side quests and stuff, it looks like they're going to be pushing a cool update. So maybe uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. Absolutely loved that game. Thought that yeah. game was a masterpiece, work of well, art. Wild to me that they didn't launch with New Game Plus or at least like shortly after release it because like you just want to spend more time in that world, you know? I'm guessing their focus for launch was make sure the main game's polished. Well, yeah, of course. And then we'll get it because we talked in when that game first came out about the incredible technical feat that game is on PlayStation 5 and what they're doing with their open world and particularly things like their fast travel system, scene loading, the seamless character switching. A lot of that means New Game Plus and building in all the player data that comes with a mode like New Game Plus is probably a little bit more difficult to achieve if I had to guess. Yeah, I'm glad they did it now. Video games are hard, but wonderful. We appreciate people who make them. Thank you. All right, everybody, that's it for this week's headlines. When we come back after the break, we get to hear about what Rihanna has been playing. Stick with us. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, let's get into what we've been playing. Rihanna, I am not surprised at all to hear that you are back in the war zone. (laughs) Yeah, the Call of Duty bug got me again. It's just so easy to drop in and drop out, right? Like I have a newborn at home, so there's very few games that I can actually pull off playing. And luckily, when she is napping or otherwise occupied, my husband and I can jump into Call of Duty pretty easily and get a few matches in and feel like we had a good time. And then like, oh, she's crying again. Okay, like drop the controller. And our friends who play with us are just, so so gracious and letting me just quit mid-match when I need to listen you gotta go AFK (laughs) when you gotta go AFK it's the way having kids is yeah it's so sweet that they're so understanding but yeah Call of Duty's fun and I've been having a great time with season one Warzone so season one was called Reloaded and as of this recording season two is dropping right now so I haven't gotten a chance to check that out but if we can judge on the strength of season one I have a ton of anticipation for what's coming out today so in season 
one reloaded i spent a lot of time with like the 6v6 rio multiplayer map like it's a new map it's really sweet because it has lots of levels and different look vantage points and lots of corner camping which i'm a big fan of but more importantly what we spent a lot of time playing was this new game mode that is centered around the boys which is the amazon show is that right yeah Mm -hmm. So I haven't seen much of the boys. I've only seen a few episodes. It was a little too graphic for me personally, but I do know what it's about, right? All these super powered people in real life. And sometimes they're super corrupt and the government's controlling things and you know, yada, yada. But the point is people with superpowers and people with superpowers mixed with call of duty is just like a match made in heaven. Right? So the boys limited time mode in season one was called soup siege. And it's basically this, modified version of kill confirmed so if you're playing in a normal multiplayer match of kill confirmed you know when you eliminate another player they drop a tag and if your teammates drop then they have a tag you can collect your teammates tag to prevent the other team from getting it and when you drop the other team's player you collect their tag in order to get some additional points well instead of collecting tags of drop players you're now collecting like little vials of the super serum from the show and each time you do, you get a different superpower. So it could be, you know, additional speed or additional health. And it creates this really fun imbalance as you're playing through. And you're more incentivized to go after the dropped serums or the dropped tags than you would be in a normal match of Kill Confirmed because in Kill Confirmed, of course, some people play differently. They're not going for points. They're really just going for kills because they're just glory hogs or something. But in this one, you really do need to grab those vials to be competitive. So as soon as a player is dropped, everyone dog piles on the serum drop. And there's so many more grenades, so many more claymores, so many more mines. It is infinitely more chaotic and fun. And if you level up your, your number of kills without getting eliminated yourself to a certain amount, then you get the, I believe his name is Homelander, like his x-ray beam eyeballs. And you just like, like stare down the entire match and completely bulldoze the other team. It is, it's insane. It, it feels great. <laughs> like it really does capture the feeling of being a superhero in a game where you're already like the super powered soldier. And I, I think it's just a really successful integration. Like it's so inspiring and so exciting to me to see different properties coming to video games with an open mind into like, let the devs play, you know what I mean? Like let them really figure out like how they can pick apart what's cool about the show, what's cool about their game and integrate them seamlessly to the point where you feel like you're one of these characters in this Amazon show, but you're also playing a Call of Duty game at the same time. And it's not like shoved down your throat where it's like, here's a billboard for Homelander. Like, no, like you're actually playing something that has to do with the show. And I just had a really great time with it. I'm glad that they're doing more integrations like this with Call of Duty. We've seen Fortnite be hugely successful with similar things. Wild success and with their integrations. Yeah. Yeah. I just love this direction for multiplayer games. Cause if you're going to shove a game as a service down my throat, right? Like you're going to keep asking me for money for years and years for the same game. Give me some than fresh and this is sufficiently fresh for me so I had a really great time. I think it's cool how they changed the gameplay up just enough to make it really exciting and different. Yeah. I do remember vividly when Mayhem first was available in Destiny 2 mm -hmm. and I was very like against it because I was like it's not fun to play in Crucible when it's just supers all the time and it's I don't like it and it disrupts the balance and blah, blah, blah. And then I like gave into it and I was like, actually just play the mode and just have fun with it. 
And once I got over my initial like resistance to it, it's now become one of my favorite game modes. And while Mayhem is obviously very different than doing something with a licensed IP like The Boys in Warzone, I think it kind of is in the same kind of spiritual successor of like, what if we just like, you know, kind of took the guardrails off and let you just kind of have fun throwing kind of wacky superpowers around. And I think that this is a perfect integration, especially considering how violent the boys is, as you mentioned. <laughs> so I look forward to seeing what is next for integrations for Warzone. Yeah, I know they, like I said before, they have season two coming up right now. And it looks like they have, it is packed. Like there's honestly a little too much to even read it on a, on a screen the size that I'm looking at. But they, they've got the Walking Dead characters in here. I see Michonne's popping up. Rick Grimes is coming. Like they're going to do some interesting stuff with zombies. And it's just so refreshing to see Call of Duty like really back and the devs putting in more time, more effort, more energy. And as you said, like with these licensed properties, like actually making a difference in, in the way that you play the game and not just something that's on the peripheral or like a a skin slap and, and then they call it a day. Like, like it's fun to see them tweaking the elements of gameplay and making it feel fresh and new. And maybe some Call of Duty traditionalists are upset by it at first, but then eventually, like you said, play it and end up enjoying it because it, it gives you something something different to do in a property you already love. If I'm reading the list here, it says they've got every week a new featured zombie type in Horde Hunt. They have the Lunar New Year starting off with the Field Rep event in Year of the Dragon. They're saying that there's some kind of cryptid boot camp for, again, more of like that monster fighting. And then the Walking Dead stuff drops. They have Vortex Decay's Realm, which is something about the Decay's Blighted Touch. And then take control of the throne of fate with Dune. Ooh, so exciting. They, they got like all the big properties coming here. It's like if you have a new movie or TV show coming out, like expect to be in Call of Duty because it's just they're on fire right now. They're, they're really trying to come for, for Epic's lunch with this one. Well, that'll be an interesting showdown. Mm. I mean, both of those games are just so wildly different. Yes. Um, <laughs> but... Well, I'm glad that you're having fun. I know that you guys have pinged me a couple of times to play and unfortunately toddler schedule and newborn schedule, not the same schedule as every <laughs> parent who's had both of them at the same time knows, but I do want to play. I want to get back in. I miss our time playing zombies together and I know my window to do so is limited. <laughs> so we're going to do it soon. I promise. I promise. We'll get it in however we can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. What else have you been playing? I've gone back to Fortnite, so I did mention it a couple of times, and no new news to report there. It's still great. Still the same game. <laughs> um, did you check out the new Lego stuff? Update. Well, I guess it's not really new anymore, but... Yeah, I did. Over, over the break, I absolutely jumped into Lego, and it's less packed with stuff to do than a Minecraft comparison that a lot of folks have made. So I played with it for a couple days and put it down. I tried the music mode, uh, which, you know, we got some Harmonix alumni who put their DNA into that and it was really successful. But, you know, playing a game of music by myself without anybody to cheer me on and see how awesome I am Aww. didn't feel the same <laughs> as Rock Band. So I played that for a little bit and the racing game is surprisingly addictive. I, I spent a while in that sub game. But yeah, also back into traditional Fortnite. I played around with the Squid Games mod that somebody put into it. Okay. They called it Octo Game. So it's like a few rounds of, you know, different like traversal challenges or like red light, green light, of course. And they made it look pretty similar to Squid Game set, which is phenomenal in my opinion, because it's just very striking visuals and really fun to play through with your fake 
little, you know, panda bear or whoever you're dressed up as. I'm personally a Donatello right now in Fortnite. But oh, nice. It's been fun. It's fun to go back to it. It's like that comfort game that you can always go back to. And I like that it exists probably forever at this point in one form or another. So I mean, they're trying to be the metaverse, right? I mean, I feel like they already are a metaverse. So I don't know why it wouldn't continue. I definitely miss playing. I'm very worried that if I try to jump back in to Fortnite, all I'm going to do is want to spend a lot of money buying emotes and skins and then I will do like not that much playing but I'll Mm -hmm. do a lot of purchasing (laughs) (laughs) hey you're the perfect customer (laughs) right exactly they're like we don't need to support you in our server infrastructure we just want your money your Fortnite bucks (laughs) okay oh my gosh but that game is definitely fun and some top tier game development happening there I do appreciate that they continue to add new things and continue to look at ways to innovate and to add fun gameplay experiences for their existing player base so it doesn't get stale. So Yeah. So yeah. I played some Prince of Persia over the break. It's fantastic, as I said before in our preview coverage last year. If you haven't gotten a chance to check it out, you absolutely should, especially if you like the Metroidvanias. And it's an easy one. Like, it's turn the difficulty down, just vibe. Like, it doesn't have to be that intense for you. And there's the Tales of Kinzera demo that I want to get into. I've downloaded it but I haven't gotten a chance to boot it up yet. So next time Violet takes a nap, that's the the first thing I'm getting to on my Steam. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about what that game is. So people are like, Tales of what now? Yeah, so Tales of Kinzera Zhao. We got an amazing moment from the creator at the Game Awards introducing the story and how close it is to, to his heart and his lived experience. And I believe he's also friends with Ben Starr because I saw them too like talking about it on the platform formerly known as Twitter. I feel like and Ben Starr is just like secret friends <laughs> with everybody. <laughs> I just remember seeing some really charming like interview clips and stuff of the two of them talking about this new project. It looks absolutely gorgeous. It's in the vein of Metroidvania. So very, very much in the same wheelhouse as Prince of Persia, which I just talked about. Definitely known for that Metroidvania feel, but also these striking visuals and an incredible story. And this is always going to get me, right? Like if it's a side scroller, it looks pretty and, and I'm traversing and it's it's got some feels in it. I'm on board. Sign me up. It's It's an easy sell for me. So... I'm excited to dig into it. I know the the demo came out, I want to say, last week. So I'm a little bit behind, but I'll catch up to it and I'll talk about it next week. I promise. Yeah, this game, I remember when they kind of did the big reveal at the Game Awards last year and, you know, the creator came on stage and talked about making this game for his dad and kind of his story and I thought it was a a really touching moment. And as soon as I saw this, I think like Brittany and I like must have texted you or we got into our like our group and we're like, oh my God, this is such a (laughs) re-game. So many people messaged me and said like, oh my gosh, Re, this game is exactly for you. (laughs) You're like, I needed it yesterday. When can I play it? Just give it to me now. So the official release date for that game though is April 23rd, 2024. So what Rihanna is referring to is I believe a demo that's part of the Steam Next Fest, which is currently happening. Mm -hmm. So and it's on Steam Deck, games. so if you got you got the portable life going. There you go. That portable life. I did dust off my Steam Deck just to play more Dreamlight Valley, Dreamlight which Valley, I talked yeah. about last week. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but, you know, listen. We got to get great... an updated tour of your valley. Yeah, well, it's not ready yet. 
there's a couple things that I want to fix, you know, like refresh. And I definitely haven't spent enough time in the new Eternity Isles part of the game for me to do a, a tour there. I have most of that not unlocked yet. So, okay. Lots to do before a Valley tour is in the cards. So, but maybe I'll stream, you know, some just random decorating or crafting or questing at some point. But please do. I will absolutely tour. tune in. <laughs> TBD. TBD. <laughs> well, it seems like you have found, you know, a good chunk of time to, to play while, you know, also managing a tiny human at home. So congratulations. You're living Thank the you. dream. Yeah. She's, she's alive. She's thriving. We're all doing great. <laughs> I mean, I'm living for all of the photos that you guys post on social. She's just... Like as I said last week, too cute. Oh, the little cheeks. <laughs> and Thank I look you. forward to us having many more discussions about, you know, being moms and being gamers. So yes. makes that MILF merch just pop a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Oh, I should have worn my hot gamer MILF shirt now that I'm officially a, a gamer MILF. That's I okay. Will. There's time. Yeah. There's lots of time. You can wear <laughs> literally any time in the future now. I will. I wear it <laughs> a lot. It works out. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for our show for this week. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. And keep your eyes peeled for more new episodes of What's Good Games. Coming to your ear holes and your eye holes soon, I guess. A couple holes. All right, everybody. See you next week. Bye.